0: The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. The Explorers podcast is sponsored by RM Capital, a provider of specialist small to mid cap corporate advisory and boutique wealth management services. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perra for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. We're off to Madagascar today, where Black Earth Minerals is working towards a development of its Mineri graphite project. Now, we all know there's been lots of focus in recent times on the metals that go into the cathode side of lithium-ion batteries. But over on the anode side, graphite is the key material, plugging graphite into the lithium-ion battery boom. Expandable graphite is another high growth sector for graphite with its fire retardant properties in buildings. And then there is the more traditional demand from the refractory sector. The overall theme being that there is a growing nervousness about a future supply being able to meet demand for graphite. So it's uh, great that we have Black Earth with us today to bring us up to speed on all things graphite. Now, Black Earth trades under the code BEM or Bravo Echo Mike. It last traded at 14 cents for a market cap of 30 million. The company's MD, Tom Revy, is with us today. Good day, Tom. Welcome to the podcast. Good
1: Barry. Much appreciated.
0: all right Tom. It'd be great if um, for our listeners, if you could uh, just give us a bit of a professional background on yourself.
1: Sure, I'm a uh, originally a metallurgist, uh, being in been in the uh, mining industry for a bit over 35 years. Um, A lot of my background has been associated with EPCM companies uh, with the likes of Giardy Minproc and uh, Worley Parsons. And probably in the last eight to 10 years, I've been associated in various corporate positions with a number of publicly listed
0: uh, mining oriented companies. So you know how to build things by the sounds of it. I'd like to think so. (laughs) Right. Okay, uh, let's step back a little bit and just have a uh, look at the history of graphite production in Madagascar, something I wasn't particularly aware of.
1: The history of, of graphite in, in Madagascar is is certainly a long one. Um, they've been producing and exporting globally for well over 100 years. And in fact, during the 1920s, um, when graphite was in a boom mode, uh, the, the uh, graphite coming out of Madagascar was deemed to be the world standard. They actually had a Madagascan graphite standard by which other people around the world would measure their graphite against. So it's always been deemed top quality, mm-hmm. and certainly in any conversations I've had with end users, it's certainly uh, at the forefront of their mind as a primary place to buy Madagasc- uh, Madagascan graphite from.
0: Now, if you could locate uh, Manary for us in terms of its uh, location and the lay of the land and uh, perhaps the uh, where it stands, the project stands in terms of uh, a mineral resource at this stage.
1: Look, uh, Manary is located in the southern part of, uh, of Madagascar. It's about 150 kilometres uh, northwest of uh, Rio Tinto's billion-dollar mineral sands project, QMM, and um, it's ideally located because... Uh, as a as a landscape, it's uh, very much undulating savanna ground, as opposed to the northern part, which incurs hurricanes and high rainfalls, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's um, it's a it's a good place to access, for example, uh, Rio Tinto's port from, uh, from which we'll be exporting material. So yeah, it's ideally located, and Madagascar is a great place.
0: From that, I can take it that uh, mining is obviously not. Uh a, well, it's well known to Madagascar, uh, and so the operating environment uh, encourages investment by foreign companies. Well, when you've got the
1: likes of Rio Tinto mm. there operating, you've got the eight eight billion US dollar Toby nickel project operating there. You take comfort from some major major projects operating there already. Um, certainly, the the place is highly prospective for most elements on the periodic table. So. Yeah, it's a good place. And in terms of us specifically, having that 100-year graphite history means that the technical skills associated with geology, mining, engineering and metallurgy are certainly prevalent in terms of being available in Madagascar.
0: Okay. Now, in recent days, you've created some some real interest on the market with uh, some high-grade hits at the Manary Northwest area. Uh, high grade obviously equals higher returns um, and I'm just wondering what you can tell us about that and what it means for a potential resource update at some stage.
1: Absolutely. The, uh, you're right. We're we're basically uh, sensitive to two things on the project. One is the grade of the material and the second thing is the commodity price and we're fortunate enough to be able to influence both and I'll cover the other one later. But in terms of grade, you know, the world's currently treating on an average about 5% total graphitic carbon, or TGC. Mm-hmm. To put it into perspective, these hits we've made and we've announced um, over the last few weeks are uh, 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 20- to 30-metre intersections, anything from sort of 12% TGC up to 18% TGC. So we're really excited. We think it's a game-changer for us, and certainly it will be a focus for us moving forward um, in terms of incorporating that within the feasibility study. Uh, which is due to be completed in the uh, second quarter of next year.
0: Preceding the the BFS, there was an economic study that. Uh, just going back to the the point on uh, the percentage of TGCs, that uh, MPV of 103 million US at a six point two percent TGC, but um, you get it up to ten point two percent, the MPV shoots off to uh, near on 300 US million.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no, as I said, we're grade sensitive and and, uh, we put that chart out deliberately in our announcement uh, to highlight to uh, shareholders and potential investors just what the leverage looks like and in terms of what those grades can actually mean. So, as I said, I'm very excited about those grades. Those grades are probably the highest ever achieved in Madagascar and uh, they're comparable to the best grades that you'll find anywhere in the world.
0: I think... um... Everyone in this market now is pretty much au okay that graphites ain't graphites, um, depending on what uh, the mesh size is, you know, you're looking at the expandables or the refractory or the lithium battery sector. Where does manory fit into yep. product mix?
1: Yeah, we're blessed with having a large proportion of uh, coarse flake material. I say we're blessed because uh, for the same cost as any other pro- uh, production, whether it's small fines or, or coarse material. Um, the production cost is the production cost, but the biggest leverage is in terms of the revenue and the revenue is linked to, uh, to flake size in our case. In terms of flake size, uh, we've probably got uh, 40 to 50% in that course range. That's uh, looking to uh, be put into the expandable market and we've made noise about that recently. Um, and uh, in terms of the mid-sized material, we, we're, uh, we're aiming at the refractory industry and we have a, a, an arrangement in place with uh, a company uh, out of Austria and um, listed in London, RHI Magnesita, and that's to deliver product to any one of their facilities around the world. And the fine stuff uh, we've had, uh, we've tested. Uh, we went through an intensive fourteen-month program testing our fine material as to its suitability for use in the lithium-ion battery market, and really? the uh, the results were. Uh, extremely positive both from an independent laboratory test work program but also from a, an
0: endorsement from an end one user. Now just on the expandables market uh, there was an MOU with metachem re expandables plant in India what's the situation
1: there? Well that's going very well and, and we're, we're buoyed by the enthusiasm showed by to today we're hoping to sign that very soon and of course uh, immediately um, after that, we'll be uh, uh, moving straight into an engineering and cost study, and the plan uh, is to uh, actually enter into construction by
0: the end of this calendar year. Now, you mentioned uh, earlier the BFS was underway.
1: When is that due for completion? Uh, it's, uh, the Maneri uh, Feasibility Study is due for completion in the second quarter. Uh, the aim is to basically get involved in uh, project funding uh, early next year Uh, and uh, probably subsequent uh, to uh, completion of the BFS is to have project funding completed by the middle of the year. So uh, for all intents and purposes, our aim is to complete the the feasibility study in second quarter 2022.
0: Now, often the question gets asked um, a company with, in your case, a $30 million market cap, capacity to fund a project. Um, That which leads me into the question of uh, how you offer in terms of negotiating offtake arrangements
1: we're well down the path. Um, we've we started from day one. Um, we uh, from day one we obtained samples of product as soon as possible and started engaging with uh, with off takers. Uh, we've got strong interest on the battery side. Uh, on the uh, on the mid sized materials, I mentioned we have a an arrangement in place with RHI Magnesita uh, to export uh, from the nearest port, being uh, Fort de Fan, Rio's port to any one of their uh, factories in uh, Mexico, um, uh, Europe, India, uh, China and, uh, and Brazil. On the coarse material, we're looking to develop our own expandable plant in conjunction with uh, a company called Medichem. Mm-hmm. And uh, the aim there is to, to sell that material. And we already into Europe and we already have a legally binding off agreement with one of Europe's biggest and oldest uh, uh, expandable graphite end users being graphite bergbau. So we're pretty excited where
0: we stand in terms of offtake. Tom, if you could give us an update on the uh, graphite market. I mentioned earlier the lithium market, the uh, lithium materials market on batteries. That is, has uh, gone crazy. What's the situation with graphite? Uh, graphite is pretty
1: variable. Um, in uh, recent uh, in recent months, we've certainly seen an increase in coarse flake uh, mm-hmm. prices. Um, that's largely because um, the uh, dwindling and decreasing supply of coarse flake availability on a global basis, and of course that suits us fine as we enter into the uh, uh, joint venture with uh, Medichem. Um, in terms of the fine. In, in terms of the finer material, um, you know, there's a long qualification period involved in uh, qualifying for batteries. Uh, to that extent, um, I believe, and it's certainly supported by. Um, Information from the likes of uh, Benchmark Minerals out of uh, London to say that there's uh, potentially a deficit looming around 2025-26 in the overall graphite market and, and very specifically in the fines for the lithium-ion battery market. So timing looks good for us to get uh, going in terms of production as soon as possible. With demand coming up and supply coming
0: down. So, what's uh, what's an indicative price at the moment, and what is considered a uh, an incentive price for projects like yours to get into production?
1: Well, the graphite price again is variable according mm-hmm. to the product that you uh, the, the product you produce. The finer material, um, around about ninety five percent total graphitic graphite, uh, graphite um, goes for anything from about. Uh, f- high four hundreds to about five hundred and fifty dollars a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mid-sized material, again, at similar grades, um, is in the vicinity of about seven hundred to to nine hundred dollars US dollars a ton. And the coarser material depends on how coarse the material and how good the grade is, but that can range anything from a thousand dollars up to eighteen hundred dollars. So uh, highly variable. They are
0: all prices that encourage a project like yours to get into production.
1: Absolutely. And and as I said, particularly because we have such a large proportion of uh, coarse flake material, um, that bodes well for the the economics of our project.
0: Now, uh, on uh, the African continent, there's a lot of uh, graphite developments, uh, particularly around um, Mozambique. What's your view on the, does the world want additional supplies outside of Mozambique at the moment? And that's why you're seeing this support at the offtake level and the MOU level for a development to proceed?
1: I I think um, without necessarily uh, calling on any specific country, it's fundamentally a critical commodity. And it's critical for two reasons. One is security of supply, which is heavily dominated by China. And Mm. major offtakers are looking for alternative supplies other than China. And the other, the other reason it's, it's critical is because it's, it's fundamental towards the growth of, of most uh, First World nations in terms of moving forward with decarbonisation of, of uh, the world, generally speaking. So it's a critical commodity. In terms of material coming out in Mozambique, um, there's, a, there's a number of projects, obviously, there, um, as there are in Tanzania. Um, they each have their own pluses and minuses. The material coming out of Mozambique at this stage is largely fine material, and so we don't see it as necessarily competitive
0: to our own project in Madagascar. I'm not wanting to beat up on Mozambique or Tanzania for, for that matter, but I was just wondering where there's various groups that um, uh, publish um, tables giving people a feel for what it's like uh, security-wise and the fiscal and legal regimes, of stability thereof. Where does uh, Madagascar fit on those t- sort of tables?
1: Well, those who are familiar with the presentations I've given historically will know that I often include the Mining Journals Investment Risk Index, right. um, and that places, independently, that places Madagascar within the top four out of uh, a large number of uh, current and potential graphite um, producers. Um, it's got a very good rating um, by the, uh, on, the, on the investment index. And so I think that's justified. Um, And when you look at uh, where global production of graphite comes from, 90% of global production of graphite currently comes from countries riskier than Madagascar. So, again, that's why we're greeted with open arms when we talk to end users uh, about supply arrangements.
0: And just referring uh, again to the company's presentations that I see... uh a stage one, stage two sort of development concept. But I was just wondering, some of these exploration results that are coming through, uh, any thoughts at this stage to uh, perhaps starting off uh, at a larger scale than perhaps initially envisaged?
1: I think um, it's always a balance. I mean, our vision Mm. since day one has been to be a a material player in the global graphite supply chain game. Uh, To that extent, by starting up at half a million tonne per annum throughput, and producing 30,000 tonne a year of graphite, it means that we are a material producer in the uh, in the graphite concentrate uh, production game. So that's that's an important factor. Starting at half a million tonne per annum means that uh, two things. Number one, we can modularise the plant, so we'll probably build it um, largely in South Africa and export it into Madagascar decreasing uh, construction time and any potential uh, construction risk in country and the other thing it does going bigger effectively could mean greater dilution for shareholders so our plan is a staged approach let's minimize how much money we need to raise from on an equity basis let's get ourselves into a production a level which is deemed to be material and then use operating cash flow thereafter to expand the plant okay tom an
0: interesting story um, so let's bring it all together, if you could uh, give investors a feel for what they should be looking out for in the, say, in the next six to 12 months sort of time frame.
1: Well, the next six to 12 months is the pivotal time for Black Earth, generally speaking. Over the next uh, six, 12 months, we'll do a number of things, namely, our, our plan is to complete the joint venture agreement with Metachem, undertake a feasibility study on that, which is only going to take probably eight weeks. Um, the news flow will continue with it going into construction uh, by the end of the year and being in cash flow by this time next year and all the news flow that surrounds that. In terms of Minari, we're talking about uh, receiving the final lot of assays from that high-grade northwest area uh, and in quarter four we'll be announcing a new resource and potentially a new financial model in terms of what it means to project economics. Um, thereafter we'll be uh, announcing things such as the completion of the feasibility study in quarter two, the completion of uh, project finance, which we're hoping to complete by about mid next year, and the start of uh, project implementation thereafter. So it's, as I said, it's a pivotal year lots of news flow. And for shareholders and prospective investors, there's uh, I believe there's plenty of upside.
0: Thanks for that, Tom. So there you go, folks. Interesting story. Graphite in Madagascar. A lot of moving parts uh, both this year and next year. Next year being uh, particularly pivotal pivotal as uh, the company moves it into production. So with that, Tom, thanks for your time today and for telling us the uh, Black Earth story. Good luck with you Thanks very much, Barry. Cheers. This episode of the Explorers podcast was sponsored by RM Corporate Finance, an active participant in emerging companies around the globe.